Welcome to Station Talk, the official podcast of the Firehouse Tribune, where we share fire service information, training tips, and help you become battle ready with health and wellness conversations. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Yeah, I got my notes. This meeting is being recorded. Well, man, here we are. The sixth kitchen table. It's pretty cool. I didn't think we'd be doing a lot of these, but uh, it seems like we're having some fun, having some conversations at different times, talking about a bunch of different things. I, I like how we're doing it now without uh, just having some table discussion. Yeah, I like it. I told you the other day, I was out at a restaurant and someone came up to me and said, hey, like, you know, I enjoy watching these things and how more convenient it is that we that they're on YouTube and they're recorded, so. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's fun because, you know, I mean, two guys talking firefighting, different yeah. areas of the country, and uh, just having fun with it. And I think today we're actually going to get out I think I know we're going to talk about today. Talk a little about some size up in residential structures because that's really a big hot topic. And uh, I know you had some information you wanted to bring out on that, on that particular area, but, I mean, I'm going to actually throw something out there and, you know, I'm just going to let it out. The fire tool firefighter, it has it in there. It has a size up, but we're going to talk really in depth on that, right? We're going to go more into size up residential structures, but you're a chief officer. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question about size up. I'm going to ask you this question. The size up's your game plan, your battle plan, right? Right. Is that was that what you think of it as a battle plan? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like <clears throat> it's a game plan is definitely a little bit even more of a better because you, you look at it in the sports world and your book five tools still kind of revolves around baseball there. But your game plan is like we're gonna go in. This is how we're gonna do it. Except middle of the game, you realize that your plan is not really working, and you gotta kind of you know evolve your game plan to figure out what this current situation is and size up's a lot like that you know we do size up with pre-plans and whatnot and it's always all about in a perfect world except for the fact that we all know this world isn't perfect and sometimes you get unseen and things aren't going how you want it to so your size up now has to kind of change and you have to keep going on onto that which i'll talk about a little bit later on but um it's really an, uh, an evolving thing, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, you know, we start off, in, you know, when, I, when I'm teaching classes or when I'm just sitting at a firehouse, the one thing, we, uh, you know, I'll start asking people is, when does your size up start? And I get a lot of different answers. You know, is it, they say it's during, when you first get, when you first arrive, it's when you, um, <clears throat> when the alarm comes in. But no, it goes even deeper. Because how could you go to something and you have no idea what you're going to? I, I always say it starts at the at the pre-planning phase of the of the incident. Or you can even go further and say not even pre-plan. It could be during an activated fire alarm or a, a typical just a ride around. You're going out doing some doing some work, doing some hydrant checks, or doing just some reconnaissance of the area, maybe a new area. You just want to just familiarize That's yourself. A perfect point. I mean, the other night Courtney and I were at the dinner and. We were sitting next to the window right on Main Street, and I noticed that they're doing construction in the second floor apartment that was across the street. And I caught myself like taking a photo because it's like, 
you know, I just happened to notice it and it looked different from what it used to look like. So that's, you're exactly right. You know, size up starts from when you're on your routine runs or even when you're just driving around your town, you're, you're seeing new things and you're thinking of the, well, what if we do have to go to this fire? What would we do in this situation? You can develop situations for training purposes during routine activated fire alarms, um, water emergencies, or just anything that's not a smell and bell call. You know, one of those calls, you can develop strategies, like you said, for what would happen if we had something here. You know, what we do, we start, um, we don't do inspections, but we have a fire marshal's division that does. Okay. We'll utilize what they do. And they'll, they'll share a lot of knowledge of what's going on around around the town, around the districts. But we'll also take a lot of pictures and we'll share it with our department. And we have an, um, a file with a bunch of different fi- pictures, different different buildings, what we're going to go into. And and kind of have an idea of what's really being, um, I guess, housed, if you want to say, in some of these places, especially um, more commercial. But... At the same time, you can get some ideas when you're going into residential homes for activated fire alarms. And I always bring up the one, one that stands out to me was one time we showed up to an activated fire alarm, really a carbon monoxide detector. And we searched the whole house and we said the only area they ever checked was the basement. Everything was fine. So we've got to go to your basement. And it was a livable basement, but they're like, we're not letting you down there. For, well, we had to convince them, hey, listen, we're not gonna, whatever you're doing down here, it's none of our business. We get that. But right. we just need to go down there to check to make sure everything's okay. It's a livable space you're saying. People live there. Well, it turns out there was a, um, a tattoo parlor that they were running out of the house. He had a, I was a tattoo artist at a shop, but then he had another one on the side in the basement. So he thought he was in trouble with us. The health codes went out. We, we overlooked it, but it's things you could bring back. So if you know. Ever go to this this address? You may run into well now it's a medical facility. Now you have needles, you have right all types of medical equipment there on top of a tattoo shop. So be very careful. And a lot of places in my area, residential homes are also subletted out as or divided as medical buildings. There's one right around the corner from us, right on the main road. That is a house, but the one area is a garage. Garage converted into a podiatrist. So what do you got in there? You got extra machines. You have, again, needles, different types of medicine, different equipment that is going to behave differently in a fire, you know, in a house that you wouldn't even expect to be in there. And that absolutely. No, absolutely. And I agree. Two, three o'clock in the morning in the dark, you're really going to see a science man of wood that says yeah, no. podiatrist. Absolutely. So, no. That's why I say that the pre-planning is probably one of your biggest phases to get, just gather information on what you're potentially going into. It's not going to tell you, you know, how to fight the fire per se, but it's going to give you a lot of clues to really what to do or how you right. should, how you should have a proactive re- response to what your topic is going to be talking about the dispatch and everything else, because you've already built on it and understood what these areas are before you got there. Yeah, I agree. Just, you know, just like you said, the, the pre-planned part, dispatch is huge for a size up. Um, I mean, think about when you get dispatched out, like what it's telling you. You know, the first thing you hear is obviously type of alarm you're going on. 
you get the address. It's, you know, if it's your first due area, 95% of the time, you're going to hear an address and you're going to know if it's a residential community, if it's school, if it's whatever, you know, uh, commercial structure. And then another thing I think about in that is, does it have a water source? My areas, like when I get a residential community, I know that nine times out of 10, there's some type of prehydrants in there or some type of water source that we can we can use. Um, some of the back roads, not really no hydrant areas. We know we're gonna have to rely on our tankers and whatnot. Um, and then the other big part is your time of the day. Like your pager goes off at three o'clock in the morning for a residential structure fire. Solid chance that there's someone inside the house. <clears throat> Um, you might get the off, offset that they work midnights and are not home, but, you know. The likelihood of that happening in a residential home is different than 3 o'clock in the morning in an office building, unless it's right. somebody working really late, maintenance, whatever, somebody in there. But yep. likelihood somebody's going to be home at 3 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. And uh, your, office, your office building is actually a good point because that's a lot of times at 3 o'clock in the morning, especially in the volunteer fire service where guys kind of, roll over but you know you get a fire alarm at 3 a.m in office building you gotta have to kind of wonder in your head well what's making that go off for three o'clock and more when no one's there that's a very good point that's a very good point because you would think i mean you're waking up three o'clock in the morning rolling out of bed man going to an office building you're just thinking you're going there because something tricked you're not thinking right could there really be something because it might not even come in as a fire but, no if there's if there's no one there to report it something's exactly. happening and you know, it happens. Yeah, there, I mean, there's people that have worked till those hours at night. It's not uncommon. No, and absolutely. There's shit, there's, some buildings have 24-7 security, but, you know, we're getting into commercials and we're here talking residential, but it makes a good point. It kind of plays into, like you said, the weather, the manpower, exactly. time of day conditions. And that's one thing you, you were talking about was um, time of day. That's even true for the year, time of the year. 100%. What's your weather like outside? Yeah. It, it, it affects a lot of different things. Like we talk pre-plant size up, where you're getting the basics of what you're what you're going to be going into, potentially. Then you get your dispatch. And say you size that up in the summertime, but now it's the wintertime. Or it's the holidays. Now the holidays play a big part because now there's more stuff going on within a home. There's de more decorations. There's potential visitors, guests staying over, other things that are going to play a lot of factors into your, into your strategies. So it's a lot of things about size up that really go into a lot of different areas, especially with residentials, because residentials, you could assume two, two o'clock in the afternoon somebody's at work, but you can also assume two, two o'clock in the morning somebody's at home. Correct. And I'll touch in on that too when I get to like my on-scene portion a little bit. I got got it kind of broken down here into different sections, but there's a couple of things I could touch on with that where people, you know, I like I don't like to take anything away from the size up, but when, when people hear the word size up, they always like to think of you know the type of building and what where the fire is, which 100% is part of the size up, but. Okay. Kind of gonna, what I'm going to stress on here a little bit is kind of like the bigger picture of like 
things that you can see that can add on to what your game plan is going to be. Yeah. I think one thing you can even have um, size up, present pre plan is where your first two apparatus can go. You can have an idea relative before you get there. You, you should know where the you should have an idea where the hydrants are. You, you should. I mean, they're perfect world. I'm not all the time, but you should have an idea. And there's some areas that probably don't have that. We have it in our system. So we know we have a, a hydrant every hundred or so feet around around the around the town. So we know in these areas, in our area, we actually haven't mapped out where the hydrants are. So that's a pre-plan for us. So we know going into it. Well, this cross street, if we're going that way, say we need to hit this house three blocks in or three houses in, we know a hydrant is relatively in the right area. And we right. know which way we're going to come in. That's all part of the pre-plan is also understanding your route. route of travel. No, I, I agree 100%. <clears throat> and that's on when, I, when, we're, when we're responding to a call, one of the things as a chief officer that I kind of always have in my back of my mind is so after your dispatch, you get your initial size up stuff from dispatch, where you're going to, blah, blah, blah. But once you call on, you're responding. <clears throat> the first thing I do is I wait, I call on and I wait. Is dispatch going to give me another update? Like, are they going to tell me callers reporting the fire is on the second floor or whatever? And then once that's happening, I'm listening for my units. I'm looking at, we have a system that we use for responding where guys can click with their responding to the firehouse and whatnot. Um, so I'm looking at that. Am I going to have enough manpower? Am I going to have enough apparatus for what dispatch is telling me the update is? Um, <clears throat> or is it sound like it's going to be actually complete nonsense and do I have too much stuff coming and I can back stuff off a little bit? That's all stuff that you want to put into your, your mind also while you're responding. Um, <clears throat> and as you said, on a dispatch, we're being told where it is, so we should know that if it has a water supply or not. When you're responding, you should start thinking, where is that water supply going to be? If I have to use tankers, where am I going to fill a tanker up? If it's a hydrant, where is that closest hydrant? You hit the nail on the head with that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's so many things. Like every firefighter on every apparatus should be doing size up. Absolutely. And that's the one thing I think that people kind of forget. Is when you're in that apparatus, you're showing up to that call, you should be sizing up for your job, especially for what your assignment's going to be. If you know your engine company first, dude, you should be sizing up the scene in the sense saying you're doing a personal size up, looking at, all right, well, if I'm the hydra, if I'm the hydra man, where's my hydrant? How far is it? What time of day is it? What's the conditions around the hydrant? Um, what's my manpower? Am I going to have to do extra work going in? Um, all these little things that I have to be aware of time of day also. And, and are there people in a structure? Do I have to, do I have as much time as I think I need? How much time do I have to get that hydrant prepped? And am I efficient at my job? And every, every role, you know, then the company officer making his responsibilities, doing his size up, is it a truck company size, an engine company size up? And getting on the same page with the incident commander, listening to the updates from dispatch, listening to what's going on, because one false move, one bad move, pulling the wrong line. Yep. You know, setting the apparatus up in the wrong spot. 360s are huge in my opinion too. Like I understand 
the first thing a chief wants to do is get on scene and kind of establish his command. But, and me included at times, we have to get more used to doing a full 360. Um, my reasoning for that is one of the things that I look for when I respond to these incidents is, and again, I'm not trying to sound like some professional, you know, but it's just something that I look for. When I respond on scene, I pull up wherever I can get my best parking spot where I'm out of way to fire apparatus. I'm kind of doing a, a gander at the house. What do I see? All right. So there's a basketball hoop and some kids' toys there. So that's a good indication that kids live in the residence. There's a dog lee in the grass. There could be a dog. Um, no vehicles in the in the driveway, so maybe no one's home and I don't see a garage. Or if there's no vehicles, but there's a handicap ramp, maybe it's an elderly person inside no longer can drive. So they're really going to need help getting out. Um, it's all stuff like that that can help you out and you not might not see all that from just the front of the building oh one of our one of our lieutenants he has a house you look at his house and you would know nothing you wouldn't even think there's even a child lives there but you go to the back by the back deck and you know she's got a little power wheels and stuff like that sitting there and then gives the indication that stuff's there so you're never really going to know what's going on unless you do the full 360. Exactly. You know, there's also these houses that are um, for people with disabilities, group homes. Yeah. It's the same thing. You wouldn't know it's a group home looking at it for the most part. It's just maybe a ramp. Sometimes the ones around here have a fire alarm outside. So mm -hmm. you can see it from the outside. Yeah, we have um, one of those too. But at a quick glance, you're not going to know. No. And that's why doing a 360 and also just knowing your area knowing what's in your response area plays a big part, but doing those 360s, because same, like, you're talking about my house, like, the houses, my house too, you wouldn't know there's, there's children here. Right. Because you won't see it from the front. And our cars are in the garage. So any hour of the day, you're going to say there's nobody home. But Right. You would never actually know. That's you never know. And that's, that's big on, that's another thing of going through, you know, um, we've had this talk on the whole Baltimore thing a few months back, but I'm big on everything's occupied until proven otherwise, you know? Um, okay. And even if you have someone telling you everyone's out of the house, I like it to know that they're actually accounted for, not just being told that they're out of the house. There was two towns over had a fire years ago. I was young. I had them in like 18 years old. Um, and and ended up being a fatal fire. Um, they had a fire in their house. Fire department arrived on scene. Still did their search and everything like they should have been doing because, you know, that's what we do. But the parents did say that no one else was that they were home alone. Well, it turns out that the child was out at a friend's house, wasn't feeling well, came home, had a bedroom downstairs. Parents were sleep sleeping, didn't wake them up to tell me he was home. So they thought he was still at a friend's house and wow. they were telling the fire department that there's no one left inside the house. And upon their searches and whatnot, the fire department ended up finding him. Unfortunately, he didn't make it, but um, that's just, you know, so it's not, it's way more going up to a, to the homeowner saying, is everyone at a house? And them saying, yes. And is everyone accounted for, you know, now in that situation, they probably still would have said, yeah, because he was at a friend's house. But, you know, sometimes they, they might say, I don't have physically eyes, eyes on them, so I don't know. They're not with us. 
but you know it's also like you said it's it's um it's occupied until deemed otherwise well now there's another size up if you think about it your search is another size up size up the inside you're getting a, a true picture of what's going on inside you can't see the inside from the outside <clears throat> and i have you i have that written down here too that's that's a perfect point you, you know you get a chief that's giving you a size up i have fire coming from the ceiling of the second floor and you have an officer on the inside saying chief i'm not seeing that i don't know where you're seeing this but we don't see that from the inside and vice versa it's a yeah. it's a perfect example and it's a real thing and it changes <clears throat> it changes because the type of building construction too that's a whole other topic, but because it was a building construction, you have balloon frame construction. It's going to be fire going to go one way. So if you're firing a basement balloon frame, it's going to go to where you're going to go, you know, to, to the attic. Tongue roof, platform, platform frame, you have a different story. And you could see maybe, you know, situations where you're going to say, I'm inside, I don't see this smoke. But I don't know what you're talking about. I was actually um, at a garden apartment fire, and we were on the nozzle. We were in there. I was on the nozzle actually, and we think we're hitting the seat of the fire. We're heavy fire in this in this room. It was by the Charlie side off the balcony. We think we're hitting this fire, heavy fire, and uh, okay, you know it's fine. We're hearing on the radio all all units are to evacuate the structure. What are you talking about? We don't see what you're seeing, but we're saying we have contained the seat of the fire. Report now. Contains the fire. Well, no, you're not. Because we had a couple other chief officers, some other firefighters went around back because it's so big that they were actually seeing extensive fire through the roof. We were on the first floor. <clears throat> we didn't know that. We're told we saw on the inside. Again, the size up, doing the 360. Yeah. We went in because smoke's coming out the front door. We go in. We're hitting what we see is fire. Little did we know that was where this fire started. But we were there. We got there way too late. By the time this fire was called in, fire already up, up the balcony, through the um, sliding doors, and just went straight up. So, but yeah, the size of size of the loan. It's important. That's where you, it's got to be continuous throughout the incident too. Um, next town over from us has a has a red team, fast team, whatever you want to call it, and they're great. Um, Sometimes we're tied to command and we don't really have enough people to be able to go walk around, but their fast team, they make it a habit that they're constantly doing a 360 and whoever comes around always comes back as a report. Hey chief, you got this over there. And um, I don't know how other dispatch centers do it, but I know ours, we do a 10 minute status check. So every 10 minutes they're bothering us on the radio saying hey, we need a 10 minute status check, but it can be annoying, but at the same time, it's it's good because, all right, they just hit me for my 30-minute status check, and we're not making any progress here. So this yeah. is where I said earlier, the game plan's got to change. What are we doing right? You know, Should we be pulling people out? Are we making headway on this? Do I need more manpower? Are guys spent? And I personally think even if your dispatch center doesn't do that, chief officer should kind of be keeping track in his head every 10 minutes to kind of give his own little size up to him, even if it's just to himself. And you're also sizing up people. You're sizing up to see what, how everybody's feeling. If you need more manpower, less manpower, the IRIC is initially important, the initial rapid intervention. Because in Jersey, we have that. If you have an IRIC, they have to be doing the size up. 
they're sizing up, they're throwing up ladders around the building for egress yeah. and everything else. And given that size, that's what we did. When we get called for a rip, that's what we do. We give a size up. We give our, we take our own size up first off. Rip Avenger takes our own size up. Work with the incident commander, but we're also relaying information that they might not be seeing. Now the incident commander has more feet, boots on the ground to do more work so he can, or she can do what they need to do at the post. Absolutely. My guys around doing these size ups because I look at size up a building the same way you're sizing up a, a game. When you're in a game, things are going to change throughout the game. The, the pieces and chest is going to move. And sometimes they might not go in your favor. So you have to be able to pivot and adjust properly. It's also like a car. What happens when you cut a car? You have to restable a lot. You always have to have a stabilization team to make Absolutely. sure that every time you cut it, it's going to take off balance. Yep. Same thing. You put people into a structure. You're teetering with it. Now you're cutting holes. You're adding live loads to the building. You're adding different things that the, the building's now going into shock. And you got to make sure that you're still hitting your goal and accomplishing your goal in, in a very safe, efficient way. Yeah, that's, that's completely true. Um, another thing to think of when you do your size up is <clears throat> if you're going to do ventilation and you're going to go to roof and whatnot, or even going to try to make rescues for maybe a second story, what is your options? Is, is there a house in a good area where you can use the aerial ladder? Or do you have to do strictly ground ladders for the whole operation because simply it's yeah, too yeah. far off where your truck can't get up a driveway or whatnot? You know, up, I'm not down by you, but up here we have a lot of tight driveways sometimes. With House of the Road, the ladder trucks simply won't make it through. Some areas here we have it. We have some areas where we have to, the stretch is like 100 feet or so. And it's a very narrow, narrow yeah. roadway. There were, time, there were a couple scenarios where we actually, we had a fire in this house and there's trees all around. You couldn't even see the house. And we got there and we're like, we're not beaching this thing. We're not right. getting out. So we're going to set up shop in front of the driveway and we're going to drop a line. And we're just going to start kicking high-rise kits to get there and set up. We're sending yeah. lines off there and just lug ground ladders all the way down, the, down there. Do we had to do because it was dark, a lot of overhead. So how are you going to put a ladder through there? So we're going to be safe. We're going to go, exactly we're going to right. go a very manual way. And part of size up is letting people know that when they come in, you're not making it. Or no. you're going to make it. But it's also on, on the chauffeur, the driver, whoever you want to call them, to also 100%. understand, also understand where, what the responsibility is. You know, if you're going to call and say, hey, chief, where do you want me? Well, we're not going to a parade. Right. You should know if you're the first new engine. Are right. you pulling you past want, Yeah. yeah. 100%. Engines going past or stopping short. If the, if the IC wants to stop short, stop them short. The officer in the front seat wants to stop short, stop short. Depending on which way the truck is, it all it all should be in sync. It, it's so much synchronization that it's uh, it's never ever perfect. Never. But um, even you want to talk about once the fire is out, like there's oh, your yeah. secondaries. Your secondaries come into place, and which is again just like the primary is another size up. Um, and then you're, you know, seeing that's where I actually noticed more that 
the interior is seeing something different than the exterior is. Um, yeah. And that's that's a big that's where communication is definitely key between the two. Oh, definitely. When you're inside there on that secondary, doing some overhaul, maybe you're seeing different things that you weren't seeing before. For, for the most part, you're maybe finding if it's an arson, you're yeah. finding that out now. And I mean, I was at a few of those where we're finding funny, not a funny story, but it was a kind of a weird story. We were fighting a fire, and you know, we're going back in for overhaul, and. Uh, a guy, one of the firefighters standing there holding a bloody rum bottle. We had no idea this was an arson fire because there was no signs. Right. And um, it was an arson attempted suicide. It was found out later that the guy, he, he came back to the scene and said he was trying to kill himself in the house, whatever else. But you find different things that can give clues to what caused the fire. You can find things that, you know, helped pockets of fire if the fire's not put out you can start finding those different things when you're everything's kind of i guess calmed down you know it's cleared out you know so it's a little a lot more stuff going on at the same time it's a different way yeah absolutely. I think it has. no it's, it's true it's you know um and you, God. you still gotta walk you still gotta be sizing up for post incident collapse Potential. Absolutely. That happens too. You know, sometimes you spent your whole fire on the second floor there and you don't see what else is going around around you. Um, someone that's on the first floor doing overhaul or something might be able to see and say, hey, you know, there's, there's a hole in this ceiling. So what's what's above me? And <clears throat> it happens, thankfully, not that often, but it's definitely a potential hazard. Before, yeah, or even finding, like you said before, oh, that everybody's out of the building. You maybe you didn't find them at the home. Maybe they were somewhere where you completely missed them. Right. Which is happening. You go back in. I thought you told everybody was out. They're still there. What happened here? Now we found. Now we have a recovery more so than a than a okay. rescue. <clears throat> we we found that a bunch of times with us. We found it a lot with with animals. And I'm not talking little hamsters. We're talking German shepherds. Yeah. We're finding, and they're just like. We, we're not going to, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't go rescue, you, you know, put everything on to go find an animal. They're harder to find. Absolutely. They hide and, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of times when ceilings down and whatnot and you get insulation there, everything just kind of binds together and it's an unfortunate part of the job, but yeah, it happens. Yeah. And then really what I think if you want to move to the next part, to go into it, I mean, the last thing would be in just a general size up would be company size ups. You know, you have truck company has a size up. They should be doing their size up. You know, I, we always go by, or when I go by lower view, you know, <clears throat> sizing up. That's like your strategy and tactics, but it's also a size up. Right. What they're going to do, they're gonna, obviously, you know, they're going to allow, they're going to perform overhaul, vent, force doors for the most part. Search rescue, you know, set off utility, salvage. That's all very key. That's why I say everybody should be doing size up, and then you get into the comp- engine company because everybody relies on incident commander to do this stuff. But, you know, how many things could they possibly do? Absolutely. Then, That's I see's got to be part of a size up for the incident commander. Has got to be all right. I'm going to need three different people to do these three different jobs. 
and that's part of your part of your size of just knowing what you need, what needs to be done, and who you're going to have in charge to get it done. Yeah. And if you talk about truck company, you're 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 getting your truck company and the incident commander saying what they need to get done, who needs to get it done, and the truck company's officer, their responsibility is again size up. Right. With their responsibility and what they need to get done based on these commanders' needs. Do the same thing with engine company. You know, people, a lot of times you don't think about that. But in a sense, you're really doing that every time you're there. You just, sometimes you're, I guess, subconsciously doing it. Yeah. Not even realizing you're doing it. Probably. And, you know, it, it's a very good way to like, to keep them right now. So we have these acronyms, lovers, you, below, adults, you know, WASPOC, all these different acronyms, Colto's Wealth. To kind of remember in a nutshell what you're doing. Not that you're going to reference these things on scene, but it's a good way to practice it or just talk about it in the firehouse, you know, practice right. it on like a round table, drill night, sit on the firehouse type deal. Yeah. And it's Even second. I was, uh, doing my notes for this yesterday and I was sitting down at the firehouse and one of the, the guys who retired from the city stopped down and we got to, we got to talking about some of the stuff that I wrote down were from his ideas. And I told him like, I can talk about, so we, we're cramming this into like a 45 minute to an hour time period. Like I could talk about this for hours, but I told him one of the things I wanted to focus on wasn't so much of the scene size up with the building construction type, but, the other parts around it. So him and I just kind of bounce ideas off each other and that's what we came up with. But that's the round table stuff. Sometimes you can learn more from sitting around a round table without actually knowing you're you're learning stuff. <clears throat> it just it helps out. This meeting is being recorded. But um you know, the last thing we talk about with with um, with size up is the post incident, and it's like your after action, right? Right. What went right? What do you expect to happen with the first thing? And then you talk about what what you what ha actually happened, what occurred, what you expected to happen, what actually happened, and then you can talk about what went right, what went wrong, why, and then work on it, work on improving it work on getting better because this is where you can take the scenarios that you, you could take, you could build scenarios based on what just happened and recreate them. And, and that's a really good way. We do it a lot in our firehouse. We actually talk about old scenario, old incidents we were at, and then we try to recreate it in many different ways with maybe two people or three people, or well, what if we did this instead of this type deal? What if we pulled two and a half instead of inch three quarter? What if we, raise the ground ladder at this window, you know, how would that have worked? Different things like that. No, I agree. It, it's definitely, it's, it's all part of it. It's all part of the, all part of the game plan. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we covered a lot tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, this is something that we could definitely do. We can make a whole class out of this essentially, which right. is something that, you know, I might sit down and kind of do, um, but for YouTube's sake and to keep everyone sane and not sit in front of their screen for four hours, 
it covered yeah. some of the basic things that you that we can look for when we're arriving on scene and on dispatch and stuff. And hopefully, some people took out of it, you know, something that maybe they they thought to themselves, like, "Hey, you know what? I never really thought of looking at it that way." So yeah, and uh, that's a really good point. It's a really good way we. Uh, that's why I like doing these. I like doing these, and uh, I hope people subscribe to it. I hope people watch them, share them, use them on training nights, training days, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, also reach out to us reach out to us if you want to answer, if you want more from us or you want us to do something exclusive we'll do that too you know, absolutely more topics and i'd love for to someone learn. to say hey i want to see a discussion on this one day and you know maybe that we can talk about it, maybe bring them on with us and see what what their thoughts are but exactly so we'll uh we'll, we'll wrap it up so we can get on out of here but um yeah you know check it out uh, check out the firehouse tribune Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Now on YouTube, which is these kitchen tables here. So we're going to post this and hope everybody likes it and share it, stream it, whatever you want to do with it. But utilize it for what you can and share share your thoughts on it. Yeah, and I got some uh, I got some photos I can share. I'll post those up and uh, I'll make sure Tribune's tagged in them so, so we can share it all over the place together. And it'll kind of fit into what we were talking about tonight. And the other thing, one more thing that I do want to touch on quick before is you'll see in some photos I post is just because you're looking at the, the building in the front, it looks like a three-story building. Sometimes you walk around to the side and it drops down two or three stories. So you can't be fooled by that either. But that's for more in-depth stuff. And uh, I'll post some photos of, of that example. Awesome. We're looking forward to it, man. Cool. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. And feel free to like it, share it, follow us on all the platforms. And uh, thanks for watching. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, live inspired. Good night, all.